Walkcast is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. Support for Walkcast also comes from donations raised through Patreon. To donate to journalism with urbanism at its core, check out the link in the show's bio. I'm originally from Kitchener-Waterloo. My hometown just built a 19-stop, 19-kilometer urban LRT right through its downtown. I walked around it a few months ago, and I was in heaven. The LRT is built like a modern trolley, and the design will encourage walking. As I strolled streets I once only knew as a driver, I saw my hometown in a whole new light. This got me thinking of my new hometown in Edmonton. We're also building a low-floor urban LRT, and it's going to go right through our downtown. But it's the extension of this line westward, through neighborhoods and eventually to West Edmonton Mall, that's getting a lot of attention. The reason is the commute. Motorists are worried about what the LRT will mean for them and their drive to work. And this is the dominant conversation my new hometown is having about this LRT line. Somewhat lost in there are people who will use the LRT people like Neil Carey. Neil lives in a neighborhood that the line will run through, and he walks it, often with his kid. He rides the bus to work, he walks to buy groceries, he walks to the river valley. And he says a lot of the design discussion about the LRT is not focusing on the walker perspective. As Neil says, it's a bit strange when you're building an LRT, but not quite talking about how people will actually get to it. We recently went for a walk, right where the LRT will roll through. Have a listen. My name is Neil Carey. I live in Grosvenor. Uh, I take transit uh, to and from downtown every day, and I'm very excited about the idea of LRT, but I am very concerned about these risks that uh, they may be using the LRT project as an opportunity to make these busy roads even bigger barriers to my community. So LRT is both an opportunity and a risk that um, we can redesign these streets as part of the LRT to make it more pedestrian, connect these neighborhoods together instead of cutting them apart. Or we can make it worse. And the current discussion before council seems to be kind of focusing on, well, let's make the cars move as fast as possible, which is potentially making it worse. You're building all these stations, and the purpose of LRT is to make it a more... uh, give people better capacity to use transit and use alternative forms of transportation, but you have to get to the station. Everybody who uses transit is going to have to walk to those stations. And uh, the way they're talking about the 149th Street intersection, they're basically saying that there's, of the three communities within walking distance of 149th Street station, only one of them will have pedestrian access without making a dangerous road crossing. I have gone to every public meeting and I find that this tends to get waved aside because, again, they, um, like the metrics that they're supposed to be using for evaluating the intersection only puts about 20% of the weight on traffic flow. And yet that is the only conversation we're having in public meetings. And so I don't... I think that it will happen unless council steps up to the plate and says, no, the purpose of LRT was to revitalize these neighbourhoods. It's not, to, it's not to make the car commute faster, it's to provide a transportation option while at the same time 
making the communities better. My neighborhood is quite nice. Uh, so you talk about like the community west of us is where revitalization is probably a more important conversation because uh, 149th Street is kind of this division between historic Jasper Place and historic Edmonton and there's a clear economic divide that still exists at that intersection. Um, so it probably will. Um, if you are in Kenora and, and other points that were part of Jasper Place, it will probably be an improvement for, for those communities as currently designed. I think like one of the discussions is to put an underpass at 149th Street and to me that will destroy Kenora as well as the areas east of it because you're talking about taking a, a surface street and turning it into a freeway at that point. What is this street like? So we're, we're looking at Stony Plain Road here. What is this road like having a son or having a kid as you do and walking around your neighborhood? Like, uh, what it, is this a barrier? This, um, I mean, it has, we have to cross it because my, uh, my daycare is south of Stony Plain Road and my home is north of Stony Plain Road. So I cross here every day. During the winter, I will use the 147th Street intersection where there is a light, uh, which then requires pulling my son in a wagon or walking with him. Uh, a block along Stony Plain Road where there is no separation between the sidewalk and the street. So this is always a very nerve-wracking experience because like he can't dart out, he can't roll out of his wagon. These things that he does sometimes because he's three. <laughs> um, and so you have to be really watching him and making sure that he doesn't do any of these things uh, for that block. During the summer, because it's daylight, I'm more comfortable using the 148th Street crossing which has no signals at it but you can stop at the intersection, wait for traffic, and traffic actually stops during daylight and cross the street there. Uh, and that makes a big difference because then you're just, you make a straight crossing of the street and that's your only exposure to Stony Plain Road. It's much more unifying. One of the things that I was hoping that we can do as part of LRT is to actually move the lights a block, uh, a block to the west uh, because at, the, at 148th Street, it directly crosses into this pedestrian bridge, which is the only place to cross McKinnon Ravine, aside from 149th Street. There's big potential there. The current design says we are going to cut off that crossing entirely, and every time you want to go to the River Valley from Grosvenor, you have to cross at 147th Street, walk a block along that sidewalk that is not connected, not separated at all to the, from the road, and then get across the ravine at 148th Street. So it, it's... Uh, it's taking a system that kind of works about half the time and is not great and it's making it never work right. We've been told the grade separation has to start at 147th Street so there is no way that you can solve the crossing at 148th Street. Um, there's been no discussion of okay well if we're forcing everyone to cross at 147th Street that means we have to move the bridge. Like there's just never that conversation about how are we going to get people from here to there who aren't driving. And as it is, just the building of this has to narrow Stony Plain Road. So uh, my understanding is that there's only going to be one lane in each direction, uh, which would mean that there isn't going to be this much capacity on Stony Plain Road that needs that grade separation at the intersection. Less capacity through here means less capacity turning left up there. I don't want to pretend to be an expert on traffic flow because that's not something that I care about and it's not something that I know a lot about, but it does seem like based on the, they kind of treat the intersection in isolation as this is what the road is going to be like even after LRT, so how do we, how do we make people turn faster? Okay, uh, do you want to maybe cross over here? Sure. Just describe to me what it's like to cross this, uh, this road. How, it's, it's a 50, right? 
The speed limit is 50. Uh, I would say average speed is 60 kilometers per hour. Okay. There's, so a, there's a digital sign about a block from here. It's constantly flashing. A woman in a Lexus just drove through? Yeah. So, um, so like I say, during daylight, this isn't terrible. People will see you and most people will stop. Uh, as soon as it's dark, you know, you're now a shadow on the side of the road. Yeah. Even if you're wearing high reflective stuff, you're not a person anymore. So people treat you differently. Right. And then you'll have to wait and wait and wait until there's actually a gap in traffic, uh, which is quite infuriating. I mean, waiting a minute, I, I complain about the lights too, because they're a two minute cycle light, which is absurdly long in the winter. Yeah. But uh, at least when you're waiting there, you have a sense there's an end to this. I know when it's gonna, I can start my timer and I can have a sense that it'll be over soon. Um, with the traffic, you're like, okay, is this person gonna stop? And if the person in the first lane stops, the person in the second lane gonna stop? Yep. You just never know. The big thing I'm looking for is that we can cross the street without worrying that we're gonna get hit. And so to me, that means put lights at 148th Street. I don't really care about the 147th Street lights. And to tighten this intersection up here at 149, like all the LRT designs still call for these big slip lanes. So right here, there's a two lane. So yeah, just describe what we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, so we're at the corner of 149th Street and there's a two lane wide turning lane with no light protecting you from oncoming traffic. So largely, people tend to whip around this corner quite quickly at rush hour. Yeah. So if you're trying to cross here just to get to the island where the, the signal light starts, it's a dangerous experience. And this is the case on three sides of the intersection. The other two sides are, are only a single lane that isn't so bad. Uh, but really, this is an intersection that should be tightened up. You should have all pedestrian crossings protected by signals, which would really mean just having a, a, a simple intersection without these slip lanes. And, um, and, and just give people a safer place to cross the street. Uh, and, this, and, and from here, you're trying to get to places like the grocery store over here. Yeah, or? so there's two grocery stores to the west, uh, the, the No Frills and the Safeway. And the, the bigger thing, especially when we're talking about LRT, is that the LRT station is a block that way at 150th Street. Oh. So, um, so there is no LRT between 142 and 149th Street for people in, the, in those communities to catch. They either have to cross 142 or 149, both of which are high capacity roads with poor intersections that aren't really being improved as part of the LRT plan. If they're not doing grade separation, this is better to me, just tighten up the intersection. If they are doing grade separation, they're actually talking about putting a, a subterranean station anyway. Put the station underneath the intersection, and then we can have access from all four sides of it without having to, to deal with this traffic problem. We're spending, if we're spending that money, and I don't think we should, then make it, you know, make it worthwhile for the community and not just another thing we're spending money on so that the cars can move faster. Your, your question, how do people actually get to the LRT? Do you think that that's actually reflected on deeply? I don't think so. I think, um, so again, coming to the public meeting, you see here's the corridor of the project and, and there's kind of the satellite picture that's really whited out of the surrounding area. So like that 148th Street bridge, if you don't tell the project team there's a bridge there, they don't know because they don't look at it. They look at, they just look at their little corridor and they don't think outside of it. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be this urban style system, but they're not talking about it that way. And, and increasingly, as they're now freaked out by a traffic model in, near Bonnie Dune that is clearly out to launch, I mean, 
nobody is ever going to wait 20 minutes to make a left turn. It's not going to happen at any time in the future. So their traffic bottles out to lunch and now they're freaked out by that and now they're talking about spending, I don't know, somebody said throughout the $2 billion mark, which means that just these, these car-centric improvements, improvements with quote marks, um, uh, will be $600 million. Think about the things you can do to a city for $600 million. The political will isn't there. When we, when we set, aside, set back and do our strategic plan in theory, you know, we say Edmonton should have more travel options and be more accepting of active transportation and, uh, and transit. But ultimately, you then have a very vocal uh, group of people who drive everywhere and will uh, say, well, but, but on my commute, this is going to make it harder. And part of that's that they don't understand induced demand. They don't understand that, okay, if, if, if it gets slower, fewer people are going to drive it, more people are going to take the train instead. And so they call up their counselor and they yell at them. And then the counselor, who's also not an expert on traffic and worried about re-election and all these things, says, well, I better do what's popular. And so I think it, it, it's really hard to to change that equilibrium where what's popular is what's, um, what's walkable uh, until you actually spend the money on making things walkable and, and not just saying nice things when it's an abstract idea. Well, it looks like we've come to the end of our walk again. I'd like to take this time to say a few words about the Edmonton Community Foundation and its podcast, The Well-Endowed Podcast. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to help create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. It produces The Well-Endowed Podcast, which gets its name from the fact that the ECF helps donors set up endowment funds to support good works in our community. The latest episode of the Well-Endowed Podcast can be found in the podcatcher of your choice or at thewellendowedpodcast.com. If you like WalkCast, you might also like High Level Showdown. It's a great political local podcast, and to hear it, you just need to go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. There you'll find that podcast, this podcast, and many other shows that comprise the network. And it's all powered by ATV. Thanks for listening. I'm Tim Quiringesser.